0: Did we say Utah by three? I think we meant to say 13. If you even got to watch the game, doesn't matter. We finally get to say it's get your orange on Friday as the Purple Bears of Central Arkansas are finally making their way to Stillwater. You are Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things, cowboy and cowgirl related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you very much for stopping by to make this your first listen here on Locked on Oklahoma State. You could be anywhere. Appreciate you being here. We are available on every single podcasting platform as well as visually on YouTube. You can find me on Twitter at all day o state. The Purple Bears are arriving. The season is officially about to kick off, so make sure you got your orange on. It's a funky fresh, feeling good Friday as we get prepared for Central Arkansas. We've already talked about how there's some similarities defensively in regards to how many guys have kind of come up through the system together. Of course, they're going to have a few transfers mixed in here and there, but their leading tackler on the season comes back. Their second leading tackler on the season comes back. All of their safeties have been playing together for a little while. So there's going to be some continuity. We've kind of discussed this in regards to uh, what it looks like, you know, for our wide receivers. And although I, I still definitely think that we should cover a couple names real quick, we're going to go to the offensive side of the ball. Um, but a defensive back, it, it starts with James Jordan. Going to be a good test. Um, you look on the other side, they really like Cameron Godfrey. Tamarian Wilson is their second leading tackler on the season, and he's a dude who comes in at six two, two 210 pounds, He's gonna be. He's gonna be a problem. They have a transfer in Trey Green, six foot, two hundred two pounds from uh, Arkansas State. They've also got some guys like Jalen Hodo, a transfer from Air Force Academy, that I think probably is gonna be good enough to at least give us a little bit of a look. They've got Griffin Dyer, He's a uh, Okie from uh, the Tulsa area, on the roster as well. So it, it could be a pretty good mixture. We know David Walker is gonna give. Both Jake Springfield and Dalton Cooper, all that they can handle. On the other side, Logan Jessup is a six foot three, two hundred and fifty-five-pound defensive end. That's gonna give Jake Springfield a little bit of a decent look as well. I wouldn't be surprised if they swap those two occasionally just to get a little bit of a different look. As far as defensive line goes, they've got some size, they've got some guys. I don't think it's gonna be a big test for offensive line, but it's gonna be enough. Right? It's gonna be enough of a test to get a decent idea. But their linebacker, Demetrius Charles, is a savage, guys. He's he's a legitimate dude that we're going to have to pay attention to. Darren Davenport was somebody that's coming back for the fifth year, and he's an Arkansas guy. It means a lot to him. And he comes in at 6'2", 230, so he brings some ability, brings some size. Kadarius Moore, he's a big guy that they're looking to, to get a lot of uh, PT out of this year, a lot of productivity. Jace uh, Benish. He's a sophomore linebacker, six foot, 220 pounds. He's somebody that's going to factor in quite a bit into their game planning and what they're trying to get accomplished. Offensive line, I don't think anything stands out um, specifically, other than the fact that for it being Central Arkansas, <clears throat> it would almost be safe to assume that their offensive line's not going to be as as capable size wise. But if you look down, they've, they've got a guy 6'5", 310, 6'5", 302, 6'3", 310. 6'2", 290, 6'3", 310, 6'5", 302, 6'6", 310, 6'3", 295, 6'5", 340, 6'3", 310, 6'4", 310, 6'4", 300. They've got a decent amount of size, actually. That is surprising. It is, right? And then outside linebacker, Jake Galday, 6'4", 240 pounds, legit 4'6", guy. They're going to have some guys here and there that do give us some fits. But on the opposite side of the ball, it's all going to start with quarterback Will McElvey, who transferred in from Northern Iowa. He was an Iowa guy that we recruited, realistically speaking, coming up to the high school ranks. You know, he uh, threw for almost 3,000 yards his last year at Northern at Northern Iowa. Comes in, plays a little bit 2021. It's his, it's his thing last year. Starts in all 11 games. Again, puts up a, almost another 3,000 yards. He was able to rip apart a couple teams, threw for a 389 yards one 350-some-odd yards once, had a four-touchdown game, three-touchdown game. He's got some ability. He's got a little bit of mobility. He does have like a 70-yard touchdown uh, to his name, but he's not the most prone to taking off. He's elusive. He'll stay in the pocket. He'll manipulate the pocket. He'll make some things happen. But you, you got to stop him, right, because you're when you're talking about some of the offensive weapons that they have, those are some guys you're going to have to stop. We know that we have some depth at linebacker. We know we've got some talent on the defensive line. We're going to be tested because they're running back. Darius Hale almost put up 1,000 yards last year by himself. At 5'11", 230 pounds, he, he's a problem. And then the guy right behind him, another returning guy in Colin James, is six foot, 225 pounds. He's a problem as well. And then they brought in a transfer. The transfer was the um, – Atlantic Sun, I think was the conference. Uh, Atlantic Sun running back of the year ran for one thousand five hundred nine yards by himself and Shonderrick Powell. He's more the scat guy. They got two power guys. Shonderrick Powell is five nine, will be rocking number twenty seven. That three headed monster at running back is on paper and production wise better than our three headed monster that we have at running back on paper. You and I both know it's not probably how it's going to shake out, but nonetheless. It's still gonna be an issue. Uh, tight end, transfer from Minnesota, six foot four, 235 pounds. Can't say his name, so I'm not gonna butcher it. He is number 19. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna be a decent test. Wide receiver. They got uh, their leading receiver from last year, Jared Barnes, was an Arkansas transfer, 5'11, 190 pounds, speedster type of guy. Cam Robinson is another guy that they use uh, quite a bit. Tristan Oliver, transfer from Colorado, six four, two 220 pounds. Going to be a little bit of a matchup problem for some of our defensive backs. I do think Corey Black's going to thrive. Cam Smith is going to fit right in. These wide receivers are not going to be too big for him. They're not going to be more prepared than him. And then behind him, we're pretty good, right? We, we know we've got a little bit of depth there. Uh, another guy, you know, Tristan Edwards, I think is going to be a decent test for us. <clears throat> Excuse me, and then uh, Trey Nelson, another six foot one, 180 pounds, transfer from the University of Arizona. These are these are the guys that I think we're going to have to pay attention to. So Cam Smith and and uh, Cameron Epps are going to get you know pretty good looks here. Corey Black's going to get a pretty good look here. Some of our linebackers are going to get a look. The defensive line, especially the, the nose tackles, whether it be Colin Clay whether it be Justin Kirkland, heck, even if it's Aiden Kelly, even if you've got Xavier Ross on the outside, you know what I think about Deshaun Brown. These are pretty good matchups for for us. There's enough on the, the bone here, enough meat on the bone to get a decent test. Again, it starts with the quarterback, but the running back room is very impressive. They've got a lot of guys returning on the defensive side of the ball. They've got a few guys returning on the offensive side of the ball. They've got some size and strength up front on the offensive line of the ball. So should this uh, should this be a whooping? To some degree, yes. Speaking of, and before we move on to ESPN and and uh, Disney completely screwing the pooch and dropping the ball right before a game, uh, let's go over some, some other other things to kind of pay attention to here. <clears throat> Sorry. Is Xavier Benson going to outperform Tamarian Wilson? Xavier Benson had 76 tackles last year, 36 solo, four tackles for loss. Tamarian Wilson had 104 tackles, 69 solo, and six and a half tackles for loss. Is Colin Oliver going to be able to replicate what David Walker put on the field last year, which is 12 sacks. Colin Oliver had five sacks. Him moving to linebacker, I think this is kind of a disingenuous point. It could be more realistic to say maybe it's going to be a Nathan Latou. It could be a, a pretty good comparison. But, guys, last time we played them, I'm sure everybody remembers, Mason Rudolph going off for uh, 401 yards. J.W. Walsh threw a touchdown pass, had some nice rushing yards as well. Slot receiver, David Glidden, went off for 145 yards, a couple touchdowns. The running game, we got to see a little peek of what Chris Carson could potentially be. It was, um, yeah, it was a little bit of a beatdown. Now, that team that we beat that day um, is not the same team that's rolling in here. A 32-8 to W is, is going to be a little bit more difficult to come by this time. Now, so let's go check out real quick uh, our buddies at Pistol Firing. Did put out some of their picks, um, and I'm intrigued to see what. So let's see. Marshall Scott has OSU winning 38-17. A decent analysis. Why? Kyle Cox, 41-14. I like that. That's pretty good. I think it's Dakota Gregory, 37-24. Um, Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I'm going to stick with mine. Uh, What I say? 52-14, 56-14? This isn't going to be a, a super difficult game. But, again, there's enough here to at least give us a run for our money. There's enough here to give a certain number of guys a pretty good test. And in this last-minute nature of finding out that obviously Oklahoma state doesn't have any availability for tickets. Don't stress. There's always going to be times. There's always going to be opportunities and game time has got you covered. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're stressing out about the ticket buying scenarios, don't do it because game time is going to have you covered. Whether you're looking at a sporting event, music, comedy, theater, doesn't matter whatever you need. Last minute, they've got you covered. And most recently, like I was able to look up uh the, the Denver Broncos had a game against the Rams. Rams have a couple cowboys and Tanner Brown and obviously you know Jay uh Lacey or sorry, not Lacey, a little uh, Jason Taylor, the second. But yeah, you can buy tickets. I could get some super easy right on the dot, 32 bucks, or I could go boozy, spend a little over 530 bucks and get right up front on, on the 19-yard line, 30-yard line. Lowest price, guaranteed, event cancellation protection, and uh, job loss protection as well. Forget planning months in ahead. Game time is going to have the deals and tickets right up to the day of the event. They have exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, and theater. The game time guarantee means you'll get the best price. If you find tickets in the same sector, in the same row, for less, game time will credit you 110% of the differentiation. Snag your tickets today with no stress. At game time, download the app. You create an account, use promo code locked on college for $20 off your very first purchase. Terms obviously apply. But again, create that account and redeem the code with locked on college, all one word for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Dear ESPN, you screwed the pooch here. Oh, shall I say Disney? So Charter Communications and Disney evidently could not come to an agreement. Up to an hour before kickoff of the biggest game in the the preseason, whatever you want to call it, Week One, zero and a half kickoff. And you know we we talked about Utah win even with the backups because Bryson Barnes was going to have an entire month to prepare. Worked out pretty daggone well. I did think Florida would put up a little bit more of a fight. I didn't see him necessarily losing by 13 without Cam rising. But three points, 13 points. It is what it is. We'll cover a little bit more of that. But did you get to watch the game? A lot of people in the Charter Communications area did not. And, guys, Charter is the second biggest telecommunications company in the world next to Comcast, ahead of AT&T. This company covers 41 states. It's primarily out from, you know, Colorado, California, Utah, that area. But, drumroll, Utah was playing in the doggone game. Like, this excluded a decent, a decent amount of Pac-12 country from watching this thing. And me living in Colorado, obviously, um, I didn't get to benefit either. So I had to, you know, finagle my way around it. Uh, I was able to watch, thankfully. But nonetheless, this is pretty telling, is it not? That ESPN, Disney, is refusing to pay basically market value. What I have read was that Charter Communications basically said, you're giving us numbers predicated upon X amount of viewership. But we know... Streaming is becoming a little bit more popular and the legacy channels are getting a little less important. Therefore, we're not paying you for last year's premium pricing. We're gonna pay you for this year's pricing. Basically, Disney and ESPN said, nah, you're gonna pay us full value. We don't care if the numbers have changed, we don't care if there's a dip in some of the legacy media validity, accuracy, whatever you want to call it. We want you to pay. Top dollar, and Charter's like, yeah, but, but why? What are we paying top dollar for, if we know we're not going to get the same views and coverage as we did last year or the year prior to that? Guys, George Kudlakov is a madman, but maybe he was onto something. He obviously went about it the wrong way, tried to start a war with somebody that uh, he was not prepared to go to war with, and Brett Yormark. Big Twelve, new Big Twelve commissioner, but the whole negotiation thing—they kept pushing the goalposts back, and people kept speculating. Well, maybe Amazon or Apple or some something will step in, and, and the streaming stuff will be so big that nobody can say no. But then again, doesn't look so hot for the ACC now, does it? They're not going to have a bunch of negotiating money. ESPN already has them in a sweetheart deal. They don't want Stanford smart. They don't want Cal smart. Washington State, Oregon State, I guess some of that's still up in the air. But why why would ESPN say, you know what? We're getting a very good deal right now. We get to get Florida State, Clemson, and I guess Sam Hartman, when he was with Wake Forest, On the cheap cheap. And now, we don't have a lot of money to be throwing around. ESPN had to lay off thousands, thousands of people. And you watch some of the new ESPN stuff. Obviously, they were able to keep some of the the main people around. But I was watching something the other day on ESPN with a couple random dudes and uh, Sam Ocho, former Texas defensive player. And it, it was okay. But it was not like it used to be. It used to be in-depth, and you had some personality. You had a good form of delivery, right? It was entertaining. It was insightful. It was a must-see. It's not anymore, and and I can't recall what that ESPN show was I was watching the other day, or else I'd I'd say But I had Sam watch a couple other dudes, and the presentation just wasn't great. The delivery, in my personal opinion, wasn't great. They didn't offer a lot of insight into why you should sway your decision one way or the other. It's just, it's not the same product. So although we in Big 12 country, we're very happy with our ESPN Fox current deal. We're very happy with the outlook on what it could potentially look like the next time we go into negotiations. If the Big 12 continues to have success and we continue to put ourselves in the national title conversation on a year to year basis, it's going to get better. But the question now is, What does the negotiations 25-26 look like? ESPN and Disney are struggling this bad, and it doesn't appear as though Disney has any inclination to to fix whatever issues they have going on. But it doesn't appear that it's going to get better, especially with this. Millions of people, millions of people did not get to watch this football game because of a Disney dispute with Charter. And if that's true, if Charter's saying we're not going to pay your, you know, flatline inflated price, we want to pay this price. Well, if Charter's accurate, then ESPN and Disney have no leverage. Well, I guess they technically do because they can do what they did and pull everything off the air. But is that, how? how is that a good recipe for success if you're ESPN? Like, hey, we're going to pull this off the air. so. Millions of people can't watch, and we're going to expect things to get better? Like, what are you doing? What are you, how many things are keeping the ESPN afloat right now? Probably college football. I know NFL has their hand in, in some of the stuff as well, and it is a pretty big deal. But college football is like Christmas. This is what everybody waits for. Even if you don't like Utah, even if you don't like Florida, if you hate the SEC or you think the Pac-12 is – even more irrelevant than we already know it is. Regardless, it was a big game, and it was worth the watch. This was a wild time. So George Klyovkov put the Pac-12 six feet underground, but uh, as the dirt was being thrown on top, he was suiting and hollering about, well, what about streaming? is going to die someday. Might might have been on to something. But have enough fear, because if that's the case, Brett Yomark hears it. He heard it. He's ready to hear it into bigger existence. I'm excited. I'm excited. You want to know who else is excited? Apparently, Kirk, Kirk Herbstreet. Because uh, on uh, game day oh, a few days back, he picked Oklahoma State as the dark horse in the Big 12, and he's right. We don't always get love from Kirk Street, but he's right on the money here. I think Desmond Howard picked UCF, uh, and Pat McAfee pulled... I don't know. You can't... I mean, you can't call it a home move. He picked West Virginia to be the dark horse to win the Big 12. Appreciate the spunk and the gusto, but... I mean, West Virginia is going to be a little bit better than people think. If they do launch the season correctly and take out an overrated Penn State then then sure but usually not always usually when 99% of people are picking them to be bottom three on a pretty consistent basis I mean that's a big that's a big bell curve to try to swing around there guys I think they're a pretty decent team that one of them wins six games so, I mean, Oklahoma State's more realistic. I mean, heck, I don't think UCF is there. John Rush Prumley's a good athlete. He's okay at throwing the ball. They're too deep. It's getting better, but it's not there yet. Out of those, those three, Oklahoma State is the most logical choice. So, good job, Kirk Herbstreit. Smart play. Had a way to get on the, the bandwagon of the Cowboys in 2023. He did mention our schedule, obviously playing into our favor, which is exactly why we have to take advantage of this. We may never get this level of seven home games again. We may not get this level of traveling where it's warm for the last few games of the year. Like, we don't have to go up north. That's pretty cool. It's going to be helpful, especially to the players. Travel, coaches, healing time, whatever. It is It's is beneficial. But we got to capitalize. And if we do capitalize, p- people want to talk crap, but everybody knows the winner of the Big Twelves likely into the Final Four. Worst case scenario, winner of Big 12 ends up like fifth place. And we do know that there's some lobbying and politicking that kind of happens, so it is a possibility, but I find it pretty unlikely. The Big 12 is going to cannibalize itself to some degree, but even in the cannibalization phase, somebody is going to rise to the top. Hopefully the cannibalization just isn't so bad that they, they all have three losses, kind of like K-State last year. K-State rolls into the Big 12 title game, figured out a lot of stuff, had a lot of injuries on, on the season as multiple reports have already put out there. Guys, you can Google right here, right now, 2022 Kansas State injury list. And there's literally like 15 publications between please Report and the Topeka Journal uh, and uh, what was it, uh, covers, Covers.com, First Lads, Heartland, and, and it'll give you a synopsis of all the injuries K-State had throughout the season and the weeks that they they, they got them. And when you combine all that, I understand people want to keep telling me that um, there was no issues other than just injuries. But, I mean, it's wrong. It's it's 100% bold-faced. It's a lie. Stop telling me what about the bull honky. I'm just kidding. You keep telling me. It, it, it's actually pretty fun. Uh, I love the back and forth. I love the dialogue. I obviously do learn new things on a daily basis. Hour to hour, you learn something new. So I appreciate all of you. You guys are awesome. Kirk you're awesome too, bud. Appreciate you. All right. So now let's uh, let's skim over what we talked about yesterday in, or last couple of days in regards to picks. Let's see here. How are we doing? All right. Uh, we begrudgingly picked USC. We picked Notre Dame. We picked San Diego State. Picked Vandy. What's that? One, two, three, four. Picked Utah, five. Picked UCF, six. Picked NC State, seven, who barely beat UConn, by the way. Uh, we picked Nebraska over Minnesota. That sucked. Nebraska p- pooped it away at the very end. So there's a loss. Mizzou, they won. Tulsa, they won. UAB, they won. Arizona State, they won. Barely. So we're what? What is that? I don't know. 8-1, something like that? 9-1? It's Pretty good start, but the meat and taters hadn't even got here yet. Meat and taters is tomorrow. And what's the first meat and tater? Today we get Miami. Yeah, they'll be... Miami, Ohio. Michigan State will beat Central Michigan. KU will beat Missouri State. Louisville will beat Georgia Tech. Stanford, uh, Stanford will beat Hawaii. And then tomorrow, Michigan over ECU. Tennessee over UVA. TCU over Colorado, barely. OU over Arkansas State. Uh, Iowa over Utah State. Actually, I have Utah State there, don't I, I have Utah State beating Iowa. Kentucky over Ball State. Um, some of the Big 12 teams. Iowa State over Northern. Is it Northern Illinois or Northern Iowa? I don't know. You and I. Texas over Rice. Boise over Washington State. We did talk about that. Um, Auburn over UMass, Wisconsin over Buffalo, Notre Dame over Tennessee State. I got North Texas beating Cal. Cincy over East Carolina. Georgia will win. I would like to uh, see uh, Shane Ellingworth do some stuff against USC. We got K-State winning. Hold on. Let me just go to Big 12. Go to Big 12. Big 12 only. Yeah, let's do that. All right, yeah, PC over Colorado, OU over Arkansas State, Iowa State over Northern Iowa. Then we got got uh, Texas over Rice, Cincinnati over AKU, K-State over SEMO, Baylor over Texas State, Houston. Oh, I got – oh, who did I have in that? Yeah, I got Houston barely beating UTSA. Uh, obviously, we, we know our prediction at West Virginia, Penn State, Texas Tech, Wyoming. Robert Allen picked Wyoming to beat Texas Tech. I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, BYU, San Jose State. Or not San, not San Jose, Sam Houston. All right. Here we go. So we'll check back in on these picks. Obviously, tomorrow we will be going live post-game, and then we'll have our normal scheduled live show Sunday, the Sherman Snitchell Sunday show as well. All right. And that's all we got for this one, Arisha. So you know I love you. God bless. As always, go Pokes. And thank you for tuning in. To make this your first listen, again, we know you could be anywhere, but uh, you're, you're you're coming here, and I appreciate it. All right, y'all. Later, taters.